0: Our reading this morning is found in Matthew the 28th chapter starting with verse 18. Matthew 28:18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. By what authority are you doing these things? The question was asked of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21, there and in verse 23. You see, Jesus had done so many good things. He has helped so many people and taught them about the kingdom of God. He was proving that he truly did come from God. Yes, he was God's only begotten son. But yet, the chief priests and the elders questioned his authority. How was he able to do the things that he could do? And you find that Jesus then began to ask them a question concerning the baptism of John. And if they could answer his question, then he would tell them by what authority he did these things. But they could not answer that question. They, even though they reasoned among themselves, they knew that whichever answer that they gave, they would be trapped. So Jesus said in verse 27 of Matthew chapter 21, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. The chief priests and the elders were not able to grasp the concept of Jesus. Who he was, where he came from, and what he was able to do. But you see, there is a great difference between them and Jesus' disciples. Jesus' disciples had spent a lot of time with Jesus. They began to understand him. They believed in him, and therefore they knew where Jesus had gotten his authority. When Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and on earth, we can kind of grasp where that authority would come from. When you look at the prophet Daniel, there in chapter 7, beginning in verse 13, Daniel said it this way, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and he brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, Nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Jesus is from everlasting to everlasting, and to him was given a dominion and glory and kingdom. One such that would never pass away. And how could this be? Because of who he is. Where he had come from. He came from God. The Gospel of John in chapter 1 tells us that he was in the beginning with God and was God. And we find about the nature of God, according to Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 6, that there is one God who is above all and through all and in you all. If God is above all, he is the only one that had the authority to give to his only begotten son. And so as Jesus received that authority, everything he did and everything he said truly came from his father. You see in the Gospel of John in chapter 12, there beginning in verse 48, Jesus explained, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. The words of Jesus are the words of his Heavenly Father. And the things that he said is God's, his Father, speaking through him. And as we begin to listen to Jesus, we learn exactly how powerful his words are. Just as there were various times in which Jesus spoke and certain things happened, And as he began to teach, everyone took notice, because as it was said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, there in verse 28, when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as described. The scribes would certainly say, this is what is written in the law. But Jesus often said, you have heard that it has been said. Nevertheless, I say to you, there was a distinction. Jesus could make a distinction between what was written and what is commended of the Father. Especially now as he began to not destroy the old law, but to fulfill it. He certainly had the authority over it. And there were many things that Jesus had the authority over. For example, in Mark chapter 4, you may recall a certain instance in which Jesus was in a ship. And it was that a great storm began to arise. The waves would beat into the boat and It would fill up. In verse 38, as Jesus was in the stern, he was sound asleep upon a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? But in verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Jesus showed that he has power over nature. Even the times and the seasons are under his authority. But that's not all Jesus could do. Earlier in the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 1, we find that there was one that had an unclean spirit. That he began to cry out. And in verse 21, the Spirit said, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But in verse 25, Jesus rebuked him and said, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they were as questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Jesus had the power to speak the word, and this individual was healed of his unclean spirit. There are a lot of things such as this that Jesus could do. One person even came to Jesus saying, all you have to do is speak the word and my child will be healed. And Jesus understood that this individual certainly had great faith and great faith in Jesus because he is the one that has the power over death. You'll recall that he even said time and time again that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer. To be buried, and yet he would rise again the third day. In John chapter two, he was explaining to those that began to sell merchandise and do things in a place that Jesus said was not to be done, which was his father's house. And he told them in verse nineteen, in response to the sign showing that he is able to do these things, he said, "Destroy this temple." And in three days, I will raise it up. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will rise it up. Well, you can imagine that they were thinking about the physical temple. After all, it had taken so long to build, and yet he could destroy it and erect it only in three days. But we soon find out that he was speaking of the temple of his body. And he tells us later in John chapter 10 and in verse 17. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received. From my father. Jesus has power over life. He has power over death. It is a command that he has received from his father. And it wouldn't be long until that's exactly what he would do. Allow his life to be laid down, that he could take it yet again. But then we find Jesus also has the authority of judgment. Earlier in the Gospel of John in chapter 5, there in verse 22, Jesus said that the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Then coming down to verse 26, again he says, As the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of man. Jesus has the power of judgment. And as he did not speak of his own authority, but Whatever the Father has said is what he would speak. We must listen to him and we must do the things that he commands because life is in his hand. There are those that have recognized that and there are those that must recognize that even now. But then there are others that are under Jesus' authority. For example, in First Peter chapter 3. There in verse 22, concerning Jesus Christ, Peter says, He has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers having been made subject unto him. After Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, he has returned into heaven. And Peter says he is at the right hand of God. And yes, there are those that are all subject to him. Jesus is waiting for the time appointed by the Father in which he would come and return the faithful unto him. And the faithful together make up the Lord's church. In Acts chapter 2, we find how the Lord's church came into being. And we find in verse 47 that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Well, the Lord certainly tells us all that we must do in order to be saved. And if we do these things, the Lord adds us to his church. And as the Lord adds us to his church, it only makes sense that even the church is subject to his authority. We're told in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22 that he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Again, it is God that had given the church under the authority of Christ. In a similar passage in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, there Paul said it this way, He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. In all things. And certainly that is what the disciples were to understand. And that is what the disciples were to go and share. Remember in Matthew chapter 28, as was read a moment ago, what did Jesus tell them to do there in verse 19? Let's look at it again. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. To make disciples. Jesus had disciples. There were many that followed him. There were those that wanted to learn what it was that he was able to teach. And there would be those that would be willing to be obedient to the gospel. In Mark's gospel in chapter 16, there beginning in verse 15, Jesus gave them these instructions. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. For he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. When we go throughout the book of Acts, we find that many of these things Jesus' followers were able to do. And yet, there was a reason. This was to prove that truly Jesus did send them. And they begin to grab the attention of many people. And thus the gospel could indeed be preached. And it would be heard. And it would be obeyed. The very ones that have been with Jesus knew these things firsthand. You see in Luke chapter 24, there in verse 46, Jesus said to them, Thus it is written, And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. From on high. The apostles had this power. And what happened there in Acts chapter 2. Do you recall? That promise was fulfilled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They could speak in languages. Wherein everyone was born could understand. And thus they began to preach the very gospel. Peter there upon that day of Pentecost told them many things about Jesus Christ. and As they began to listen, they began to understand that they had just crucified the one that is both Lord and Christ. And in verse 37 of that chapter, we're told that they were pricked in their heart and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter kept the command that Jesus had given to them. When he said to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and that you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what about 3,000 souls did that very day. They were baptized for the remission of their sins, and the Lord added them to his church. You see, they recognized that they did what the apostles commanded them because they had received their authority from Christ. And Christ has gotten his authority from God. And so that number begins at about 3,000. Then the book of Acts unfolds telling of how that number grew. It multiplied many more disciples of all nations were added. But then, in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 28, there's more to it. Jesus said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age, to observe all things that he has commanded them. And that's exactly what we must do. Jesus gave commands to his apostles. And after he ascended into heaven, it was up to them to give the commands that they received from him. And that's exactly what they did. Next, chapter 2 and verse 42, we're told that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. But you may wonder, what is the apostles' doctrine that they follow. It was exactly what they had received from Jesus Christ. He had the authority. He told them what to do. And they continued to carry out his commands. Today, you and I must do the very same thing we must find out exactly what it is that he commands us to do. I must recognize that Jesus has all authority given to him both in heaven but also and on earth. And in Colossians chapter 3 in verse 17, the Apostle Paul put it this way, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything I do, everything I say, I must have the authority of Christ. He has given it. He told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, and thus to keep his commands. Well, how do I become his disciple unless I do all that Jesus commands me to do? I must hear his word. I must believe with all my heart that truly Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I must be willing to repent of my sins. I must be willing to confess my faith. And I must be baptized for the remission of my sins. But that's not all Jesus said for me to do. In the book of Revelation, in chapter 2, you'll recall that there in verse 10, he also said, Be faithful until death, and I will give thee the crown of life. I have the authority of Christ to do these very things. But the question I must ask is, am I abiding by his authority? This morning we're about to sing a song of encouragement. And if there is one that needs to abide by his authority to be obedient to the gospel, or to live the life that he has called you to live. You can do so right now, as together we stand and sing.